The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, where in the hell is Bowski? Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me in studio today is not Dean. Dean is away on vacation, and I needed a replacement. So, I sent out the bat signal, and a good friend of the podcast responded. And that is Corey Stevenson. Corey, thank you. Thank you for joining, sir. Of course, buddy. I It is my pleasure to be here, and I must say I have big shoes to fill. I am a big fan of Dean on the podcast, so I, I, will, I hope to live up to his, uh, what, the, the, what he's established before me. So I will, of course, be spoiling everything right away. Yes, perfect. And I knew you would do that, so I chose something that you couldn't possibly spoil. <laughs> Your childhood, you mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, but yes, you do have big shoes to fill, and I knew that, so I wanted to get someone in here who could fill those shoes. And Corey, that is you. You are a pro. You have three podcasts, and you know what you're doing, sir. So it's some, our... some think I do. I don't really know if that's actually the uh, case. Actually, yeah. I don't know if you know what you're doing. That's a good I, point. I really don't. I'm really just swinging my arms around here and just seeing what lands. You've got the experience, though. You've got the experience needed. <laughs> yeah. I had the experience and the excitement. And that's, you know what? All you need in life is a little bit of excitement, I think, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Or a lot. A lot of excitement. Exactly. It's good as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, for those who don't know, Corey is uh, a member of our podcasting network, the Blast From Our Past Network. Corey's got a few different shows, uh, Podcasting After Dark, Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, and Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Mm-hmm. So you are you are a busy guy. <laughs> I am a busy guy. And you know what? I know you know this, but most of my time is spent editing. I know. I do know all about that. <laughs> right? That's, the, that's like the thing that no one tells you about, like when you're getting into podcasting, that like you're like, oh man, it's going to be fun. I'm going to watch all these movies. I'm going to talk to my friends. I'm going to make new friends. But no one tells you that you're going to be spending most of your life staring at Audacity or, or GarageBand or whatever you're editing in. No shit. No you're shit, great. dude. Lots of lots of evenings, I, I'll just sit down and I'll be like, okay, what, what should I do? Should I watch a movie? Should I play a video game? Or should I edit the podcast that's due out in a couple days, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. And um, you're and usually you're like, well, I'm a professional, so I guess I have right. to edit. Can't miss a due date. Can't miss so. a due date. Although we but. do it on pad all the time. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> those, yeah, those episodes. Um, like with podcasting after dark, they they take so long to edit because they're they're them themselves are so long. We we do like thirty three hour shows. It's it's crazy. Um, and you know, like I just want it to be really good and evergreen and everything. Um, but like I mean, I would say like Cartwright takes as much time to edit as as a podcast after dark episode does, but it's like a quarter of the length you know so that it's really just boils down to to dang length man <laughs> yeah um, by the way i just finished recording an episode with uh with tess uh for ocd so i i i'm like can i cuss now and then i'm like wait a minute i can cuss yes yeah yes. <laughs> we are we're we are definitely a cussing environment here so <laughs> yeah, i know it's so <laughs> help, fr- yourself, it's so help yourself help yourself to the the cussing buffet <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great, man. I, I love it. And, uh, I love, you know, watching all these movies and reading all these comics and, you know, this is, this is the reason, you know, we have a reason now to sort of do it, uh, to watch movies and read comics and it all goes towards something bigger that we're trying to accomplish, which I, I like, I like being able to incorporate my interests into my profession as well. Some people though like to keep it separate. What what about you, real real quick? Because you're you're relatively new, but you've been doing it long enough that I think you have a pretty good idea of like the work that's involved. Is is podcasting more or less work than you thought it was going to be? It is way more work than yeah. I thought it would be because once you decide to start a podcast and you start kind of going down that rabbit hole, you start to find out all the things that are involved all the work that's involved. And yeah, I mean, it's just stuff, it's stuff you don't think of or you never knew about. So of course it's way more, but I love it as well because we'll give you a little uh, uh, origin story here to our podcast talking back. So I was, I first of all, I love all the stuff we talked about. I love movies. I love comics. I love video games and I love more. So I found myself oftentimes coming home from like a busy day busy day at work, sitting on the couch thinking, okay, what do I want to do tonight? Video games, whatever, comics. And then I would just sit there and watch TV, right? Or I'd like, I'd search for something on Netflix for like 30 minutes and turn it off, finding oh nothing. God. Yes, dude. And, I, you know, I, I was so like, much. It, I do that all the time. I just go through, I even have a queue that's like a thousand big. And my, my wife's like, I hate your queue or I hate our queue. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry <laughs> because I see something and I save it for later and I never, ever watch it because there's too much to watch. Exactly, exactly. So I found myself at the end of the night or the next day getting frustrated with myself that I had this time to do something that I wanted to do and I didn't do it. Now, what this podcast is forcing me to now do is engage with those things that I wanted to engage with. And now I have a reason to do it, right? I've got a, uh, every Monday we're releasing an episode, so I better watch a movie, I better play a video game, I better read a comic book or something else. And it's just, it's allowed me to do all these things I wanted to do anyways, but I guess I needed like the driving force behind it because if I didn't have that, then I would just take the easiest way out and I would just sit on the couch and just veg out to the TV, right? Yeah. So now now, now I, 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 I don't have time for shows at all, really. Yep. I'll watch the odd show once in a while, but now it's mostly just doing the stuff I wanted to be doing anyways. Yeah, and I tell a lot of people, I think some people don't quite understand, but like when you become a content producer, you just do not consume as much content anymore. It, you just don't have the time. And it's it's funny, every time we talk uh, or, or any kind of interaction, whether it's online or podcasting or just, you know, straight up talking, we I'm always amazed at how much we have in common. Uh, my, my origin for podcasting is almost the exact same, which is, I mean, I, I love doing it. I love the limelight, right? But um, I, it was really to <laughs> yeah. give, to give like my interests a focus because... Because, yeah, so many nights I would just smoke and be like, uh, and then just watch like, you know, Ancient Aliens for the upteenth millionth time. And yet I hadn't seen, you know, XYZ gazillion different like movies, you know, that people are like, oh, have you ever seen this? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't see that, you know. So it kind of like gave me a reason to sort of focus my my interests. And then at the same time, like doing stuff like, like Cartwright, like actually watching a show, analyzing it episode by episode over the course of its of its run has I've never been able to look at Seinfeld in such a complete way before and it's it's honestly it's helped me enhance my my fandom for Seinfeld the same as um, anything we discuss on podcast after dark or OCD it's like 
I love actually watching these movies and paying attention to them because I realize, you know, I used to watch them as a kid so much. Like I've seen aliens gazillions of times, but have I, how many times have I actually sat down and watched aliens? Like, right. Because like it was always in the background when I would come home and draw as a kid, I would just come right to my room and just start drawing stuff. And I would just put aliens on in the background and, but I would focus on my drawing. So like, I really enjoy that podcasting gives me this reason to focus onto things because I tend to find that I'm I am extremely productive if I have a goal. If I don't have a goal, I can be extremely lazy. Definitely. That's exactly where I found myself. So yeah, well that's cool that we're uh we're kind of, you know, along the same lines. So anybody out there listening, if if you're like us, if you're sitting on the couch and you're not enjoying that and you want to do other things, they're available for you to do. You just got to kind of, you know, start it. You got to take this first step, start it and go after it. Yeah. Um, and and I would say, I would say to that too, like whatever you kind of pick to do, make sure you love it, right? Like, cause it is going to be a lot of work, right? Podcasting is a ton of work, but if you don't love it, don't do it, you know, <laughs> get, get out. I hear so many podcasts oh, that, that I listen to where like people yawn on their episode and I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you know, I can't handle like eating and chewing, but yawning in your own podcast, like, man, if you can't keep yourself entertained, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. how are you going to no keep doubt. us entertained? <laughs> No doubt. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, while podcasting can be really exciting at first, you know, that that honeymoon period does wear off. Mm-hmm. So if you're not into what you're talking about, yeah, it, it might it might not work out for you. Yeah. But, uh, that is our public service announcement for the week. <laughs> From two, uh, at this point, veteran podcasters. If, it, <laughs> if you guys want to get into it, do it. But beware, it is a lot of work. Definitely. But a lot of fun. Exactly. Yes. I, I would say more fun than work. <laughs> Definitely more fun than work. Yeah. I, I This is like, I think the work is fun. Even, yeah. Even like the editing, whatever we have to do, editing, we have like planning, um, researching, um, doing social media promotion. It's all fun. I love it all. Fuck it. I love doing it. Yes. I'm going to continue doing it. I do too. <laughs> Except the editing. I'm, I'm past that now. Yeah, you hate I'm, the editing. I'm past it. <laughs> But yeah, man. Anyways, on on to the fun stuff, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, what the hell are we doing here this week? Right, we're 11 minutes in. What are we talking about, Tim? I think we might be done. I think that's it. <laughs> that's we it. just wanted to come on and talk about podcasting. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> and pl- plug our shows and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, we're going to do something real fun. So this is going to be one of our and more episodes. Mm-hmm. And I recently... Did a crossover with your podcasting after dark, the well, watch list episode where mm-hmm. we ran down our top five guilty pleasure sci-fi horror movies from the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. I thought we would maybe try something similar, but a little bit different. So what we're going to be doing this week is we're going to run down our first five movie memories. So it was it a, a movie scene you remember? Was it a VHS box in the rental store were you at the theater was it a feeling you remember what was it we're gonna dig in uh, unfortunately Corey, i'm sorry 
I required you to use your brain for this one. <laughs> we I had know. to, as as well, I had to use mine. But we had we have to dig deep into our memory banks and come up with these. But we, we did it. My <laughs> we, uh, well, don't don't say that just yet because we don't know. We're still we're still here, Corey. We're still that's here. True, that's <laughs> true. Didn't kill us. My my weed addled brain. <laughs> when you said this, all, when you sent me the topic, I was like, oh man, what? But I I was like, once I started actually thinking about it, it was fun, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I have a lot of stuff to talk about here because at first I was like man I don't remember nothing I'm like I'm like a 42 year old with Alzheimer's but no I I got some good stuff and uh and this is fun I really really enjoy this topic um these are gonna be uh, I'm thinking you're gonna know some of them um because you might have heard me talk about some of them but I might have a couple of surprises on here for you so let's we'll see perfect I'm looking forward to that so um I don't have mine in any particular order. Do you have an order of sorts for yours? I mean, I just put them in chronological order. I can talk about them anywhere, you know, whatsoever, but I just put them in chronological order. And then I, I put the year next to them and I just did the math um, with, with how old I was, essentially. Because the movies that I'm going to talk about, I saw all of them in the theater and um, because my dad was a big movie guy. And I, I don't know if you want to kind of put this out there, but I'll let everyone know. I was born in 1978, so and I will give you the age that I was when I saw these. Um, and like I said, I know it because I saw them in the theater, so I can actually go off the release date. Okay, that's perfect. That's very interesting that all of yours are from the theater because none of mine are from the theater. Yeah. And I will not be telling you my age because I don't remember my age. Yeah, but you remember like a window, though. Yeah, I, I my window here, like I think I think five might be a little bit young. It's possible, but my window is probably six, seven, and maybe eight. But I'm the sweet spot is going to be six and seven here. Yeah, mine honestly uh, is sort of the same thing. It ranges. Mine actually ranges from five to nine. Uh, what I have as far as yeah, yeah, actually weird. I don't have anything for 1985. What did I do when I was seven years old? That's interesting. Um, anyways, Ooh. but yeah, um, I have, yeah, I have, I have it all right here and I got ideas. I got, I got thoughts, man. I got thoughts. Oh, this, this episode is going to be about thoughts, right? Cause we don't really need to dig too much into these movies because everybody's probably going to know about these movies. I want to dig into like, what was it about this? The first time you saw it. Yeah. Then? Why do we have these memories? Why are these? Because there's a real good chance that the, f- the five movies on my list Probably were not the first five movies I saw, but these are the first five I remember. So what what was it about that, right? Yeah. And then my thought, like, when you asked me that, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my movies that I can remember. And obviously they go from, like, five to nine, age of nine. I'm like, I must have seen more movies in that time frame. But these right. are the movies that just really stuck with me and that I have, like, some kind of, like, story idea that I can, you know, attach to it, essentially. Exactly. So I have, um, yeah, like I said, no order to mine. So let's just start going through the list. If we match on one, let's just both talk about it yeah, because at the same time. Because we're not counting it down, so it doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Corey, you are the guest. I will let you go first, sir. Okay. So the but for realsies though, and I, I, do you want me to like start with like what's the most important, or we, or do you want me to, you know what I mean, like the one that I find kind of is the most important, or do you want me to go the other way? Just give me some direction on this one. Okay, go for your most important. Okay, cool. All right, let's start Just out with that. Bla- blast that out there. Let's e- let's give the audience. Let's start this rocket ship off right. Okay, easy peasy. Um, I when I was a kid, the first movie that I remember seeing in the theater 
1983. I was five years old and I saw Return of the Jedi. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And, and so, so I mean, guys, uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm talking to Tim and Tim knows about me, but I realize that that you're, the listeners for talking back might not know so much about me. So I'll just say, uh, for me, Star Wars is life. I love Star Wars. Um, I, I love the movie Aliens. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. But Star Wars is all-encompassing life. And then if you could narrow that down more so, Boba Fett is pretty much everything to me. And I have to attribute that to the fact that I saw Return of the Jedi at the age of five in the theater. And I mean, I don't remember like like actually watching it. I mean, I remember like little flashes and everything, but I can only imagine what like five-year-old Corey thought when he saw like just all of that on the screen, you know? There's just so much amazingness just on, I mean, Muppets, like Muppets, you know, doing things, a guy with a backpack, a jetpack, like, I mean, goodness gracious, it's amazing. And, uh, and to this day, man, like, 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 I gotta say, Return of the Jedi is my favorite movie of all the Star Wars movies, and I think it's because I have such a strong nostalgic love for it. And I also gotta say that, I mean, it's the reason I love armor. I'm an armor file. Uh, that's a term that I, I coined. Um, I, I love I, that term. I know. I, I know you did, right? And I, because I, I just Boba Fett's armor, man, just blew me away. And everyone's armor in that movie, I just loved it. I loved everything about it. And even when I was a kid, man, if I was riding my bike in in the 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 woods, I was a biker scout, right? Like, like I was always doing something Star Wars esque in my mind, and it was always somebody who had armor on. It was either a biker scout, it was Boba Fett something like that and i just loved it man i absolutely loved it it sounds like you were a very safe kid you wanted to make sure you were kind of cushioned and padded at all times so that's that's great <laughs> or i just wanted to look like a badass right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so i have um i have questions for you yes do you do you remember seeing a new hope and empire strikes back before this or is this your first star wars memory i i gotta think that i did but it's just at this point, it's in my head as my first Star Wars memory. But because at five, I, I, I imagine that's probably the case. But there might have been me catching something, glimpses of something somewhere before that. Right. Well, that's great. That's a, a wonderful first choice. <laughs> yes. I, I, I was expecting your first one to be Star Wars related, yeah. not knowing knowing you and your love for Star Wars. Yeah. So and I that doesn't. I think I saw it. I think we were up because um, I think we were up in Massachusetts actually visiting. And I can kind of like remember the theater. And like you said about like feelings and everything, I can remember like being in the theater. And I think it's probably more so because we were also like not in like my hometown. We were on like a, a vacation type of thing. So I think that's why it kind of stuck a little bit more. But for me, it's it's more of the feelings and stuff. But I do remember seeing that that every time I see that shot of when – but like when everything's going crazy on the skiff and Boba Fett kind of like steps out and kind of ducks down a little bit and then does his like jump and fly, I, I in my head, it just has this hardcore nostalgic in my stomach. And I think I must kind of been retaining to that. Like, you know what I mean? That image must have just really been burned in my brain. I know there's all sorts of love for Boba Fett. I'm I'm not really a huge Boba Fett fan, but I, I get it. Mm -hmm. You um Your explanation of just being in love with armor and, um, you know, just... The way that this character is portrayed, I can definitely get it. Uh, for me, it was I. I never, I never got it. I guess maybe for me, he didn't have a big enough role in the movie. I, I was, I was um, being, uh, I was gravitating more towards the the people who had the bigger roles. 
yeah, I don't, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't I, know what it is. I just had a thought pop in my head, and I don't know if this is correct or not because I'm just thinking it as it's coming out of my mouth, but I've always gravitated towards secondary characters and in, in all of Star Wars and other movies too, and I wonder if it's because I could use my, they were more of like templates for my imagination, and I could do yeah. stuff with them, whereas like, you know, you saw what happens to Luke, you know where he's going to go with his story, so you're like, okay, I don't, I didn't feel, I didn't want to play as Luke as a kid, I didn't want to play as Han Solo as a kid, I wanted to be both. Boba Fett, one, because, you know, he could be me under the armor. You didn't, you don't know. And two, it was such a, it's such a blank template that you can just insert anything in there, any backstory. And, you know, of course, until he did the whole, you know, prequel stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do think that it's, it's because it allowed my imagination to run wild. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I do have to, I do have to get something off my chest here. I, this, this is definitely not going to go over very well with you, Corey. I'm sorry. Um, I may have said on one of our podcasts, one of the Talking Back episodes, it would have been the Jaws 3 episode. I may have said that I would rather watch Jaws 3 than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I stand by it. I stand by it. Yeah, you know what? I I respect you for standing by it and not backpedaling on it. That's I, I will you, take that you. any day of the week, my friend. I, I will throw out there that only because it's more fun. It's a, a more fun movie for me, like more of a – because obviously Jaws 3 is a very silly movie and I, I watch it and kind of laugh at it. I'm not saying that I think Jaws 3 is better than Return of the Jedi for any other reason other than <laughs> if there's a Saturday afternoon, you know, and I'm kind of in a goofy mood, which one do I want to throw on? It's Jaws 3. Yeah. Very silly. Um, if you want to hear that, go check out the Jaws 3 episode. Dean calls me out on it. He pushes me for the answer. I give it to him and and it's, I get in a lot of trouble. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I never take any offense to people having problems with Return of the Jedi. I It took me a while to get to where I'm at now because I used to always be like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite and everything. And, and it's probably it's like, you know. Oh, actually, Rogue One's probably like number two now. But um, oh, I and, love that. I, I love that you love Rogue One. I'm such a huge fan. Oh my god, Rogue One is so good. And honestly, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. It seems like the the zeitgeist of, of to you know 2020 is all the Star Wars podcasts I listen to. Everyone really loves Rogue One, and it seems I think moving forward, it's gonna be high on people's lists and yep. i think it's such a fantastic movie it's honestly man it's one of my favorite star wars movies of all of all of them oh, you know me too me too yeah because it, yep. it, it felt like everything that i kind of played with as a kid like it, that rogue one felt like what i was doing with my action figures at the time the same way mandalorian more so i think than rogue one it felt like like just that was like what I w was happening in my head when I was playing with the little Star Wars Kenner Star Wars action figures, you know. Right. Um. And then and just let me put everything to rest. Um. Uh. You know, I love the Mandalorian. I I don't want him to be Boba Fett. I didn't want him to be Boba Fett. I don't want Boba Fett to be in it. I want Boba Fett to be just dead in the Sarlacc pit. I know he came back in the EU and the extended universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never quite bought into that. Honestly, just let the guy be dead. And yeah. He didn't do anything. To be truthful with you, he did not do anything in the the OT and the original trilogy. I mean, besides look awesome, you know, like look absolutely amazing. But he really did not do that much. And I, I love the Mandalorian. I love the Mandalorian, and I I, I and, you know I can't say for sure, but I think in thirty years from now I'll probably maybe love the Mandalorian a little bit more, even though I'll have, you know, such nostalgic love for for you know Boba. But man, like the Mandalorian is everything that I ever wanted. 
Yeah, I love it too. It's uh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have a great review episode on OCD about that. So <laughs> yes, thank, thank check you it for out, the plug. everybody. <laughs> check it out. It was, it was a really good, really great episode. So <laughs> I'll, I'll plug it for that reason. All right. Well, let's move on to my the first on my list. Yes, please do. And it will parallel yours because it is Star Wars: A New Hope from 1977. Okay. And and yeah. what year were you born? We're the same, pal. Yeah, I'm 1978. <laughs> I we was, are. We are like the same person living in different countries. I, I think. Know, I know. <laughs> I was doing it for the uh, for the audience, but yeah, no, I know. We're the exact. We just like. I think we just appeared at the same time on Earth. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so uh, you clearly uh, you saw this one on on video or, or uh, yeah. shit. How how did you see this one? No. Yeah, yeah. Everything everything I okay. I shouldn't say everything I saw, but this one I saw in video. Okay. None of them I saw in the theater. Okay. Now, most weekends when I was younger. Uh, our parents would let us rent videos from the local video store. Now, being as young as I was, I didn't really have a lot of information for movies or what was going on in the movie industry. So my older brother would be the one to go to the video store and rent a couple movies for us. And they would come back and it was it was from a, a small video store called Mr. Video. And every movie had a brown case. Mm-hmm. So you didn't even know what you're getting. So... He'd come home. Sometimes he'd let me look at it. Sometimes he'd just put it in and start it up and I'd get to see what we're watching. But he brought home Star Wars. And my goodness, like the day he brought that home, that was just a defining day in my life. To see this movie, to see like what was going on in this movie, I'm I'm pretty sure that after the opening sequence, I think little Tim's brain just like faded out and like, everything was a blur after that, you know, yeah. seeing something like that for the first time as like a child, I would have been probably around the six, five or six range here. It was one of the first memories I have. Um, yeah. I mean, what for, for a young kid, like the, the amazement of all these um, uh, new effects, like a movie taking place in outer space these larger than life characters like i was i was in love with all of the characters i didn't really um like lean to one side or the other i wasn't with the good guys i wasn't wasn't with the bad guys i loved all of the characters i just loved watching what was happening in this movie it was it was so exciting so that one hit our regular rotation quite often i i don't even know how many times that one came home on the weekend and we watched it <laughs> but uh it was definitely a regular in the rotation so i just i love the color palette. Um, I, I love how white, black, and gray it is. You don't get a lot of splashes of color in that, which, you know, you think as a kid, you'd want to see something very vibrant, but it was like the the opposite of that, which seemed to be attractive, which was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The Like the, <clears throat> the stormtroopers with their white armor and everything. It's It almost... I'm a big fan of artists that really utilize negative space, like Mike Mignola and and whatnot. And it almost feels like like the movie has a lot of negative space in it that you can just sort of insert whatever you want to insert. All those all those stormtroopers, you know, are just you know uh, um, blank blank slates, you know, for whatever you want them to be, kind of like Boba Fett, and that that's that's the genius, Darth Vader too. But then at the same time, you have your core characters, your your trio that are so likable, that are so engaging, and and you just you relate to them, even though 
I, I remind people of this, and I kind of have to remind myself of this, that they're all aliens. None of these people are, are earthlings. Or not, like, you know what I mean? They're technically, Definitely, that's right. They're, they're technically all aliens. So whenever people, are, whenever people say, like, oh, the math doesn't add up with, like, Ewan McGregor's age from Re- Revenge of the Sith to, like, Alec Guinness's age to A New Hope, wow. I say to who them— Who cares about that shit? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Exactly. First, who cares? Second, I tell them— they're fucking aliens, man. They're not human. They're not from Earth. They're aliens. Every single one of them are. Yep. And it's such a great movie because in that regard, there really isn't any connection to our world from it, yet it feels so perfectly connected to our world. 100%. Because of, I think it's because of the emotions that mm-hmm. these characters are, like, what, what's what's in this movie emotionally? It's love, right? It's like family it's it's um like bonding with people connections like that's that's what's coming through and especially for a six-year-old watching it like these these are the things that you're gonna grab a, grab a hold of right like you want these people to um to win because they seem to be in love and they're friends right and then you know vader's the bad guy he's being rude to people and mean so you kind of you, you figure out that he's the bad guy for those reasons right so i think I, I for some reason I always loved the trash compactor scene. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know why that really resonates with me. I don't know what it was about that. Just maybe how close they came to dying. Um, I always loved like, and I know you do too. I always loved like these underwater creatures that might come up and grab you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other thing that really grabs me is is Vader in general. But but Vader's lightsaber fight with with Obi Wan Kenobi, which as a young kid, like when it's all over said and done. I didn't really understand what was going on yeah. or what happened or or why Obi-Wan Kenobi was gone. So it's kind of like it just it leaves you thinking. It leaves you wondering and yeah, it's that's that made my list for for that reason. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, what what can you say, man? Like like Star Wars means so much to so many different people. And and that's what's great about it. You know, people, you know, are like, "Oh, I don't like the the sequel trilogies. I don't like the prequels and, you know, but I I just like A New Hope. Uh but are, are we really am I really a fan?" Yes. If you just like one of the Star Wars movies, you're a Star Wars fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like I love all Star Wars fans. I don't care if you don't like the prequels. I don't care if you don't like Return of the Jedi. But we can still talk Star Wars. Like, no matter what, we can still talk Star Wars. And talking Star Wars at the end of the day is just talking about morality, just talking about, you know, doing the right thing and 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 being the person that, that everyone else sort of needs you to be and, and stepping up to the plate, basically, right? Like, that's, like, one of the big things about Star Wars is just, like, doing the right thing and stepping up to the plate to do it, even if it's tough. Yeah. Well, I definitely don't have tears in my eyes right now, Corey. I'm, not, I'm definitely not wiping tears out of my eyes. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. You're, de- uh, you're definitely not booting up a, a, a Rogue One in the background right now. <laughs> but, uh, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. What is your favorite ship in uh, like all of Star Wars? Like, what what do you what kind of ship do you like the most? Uh, that's a great question. That's a question I have never thought of before. Mm. But immediately. What has just jumped into my mind is a Star Destroyer. Ooh, I love so I'm, Star I'm gonna, Destroyers. I'm going to go with a Star Destroyer. Okay, okay. They're Mine is... Epic, epic. Yeah, they are, they are, they are really cool looking. Uh, mine is the Y-Wing. I will forever... Y-Wing for life, baby. I'm, I'm a Y-Wing guy. So seeing them yeah. get, some, uh, get some love in, in Rogue One was a great thing, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to your next one. Then. Yep. Yep. All right. So this one. Um, so now I'm, I am going to kind of like, I guess, probably go age wise, you know, from like youngest to oldest uh, when I saw these. Sure. So, sure. That's fine. Um, this one also was in 1983. I was five years old and I saw this at a um, drive in movie theater when I shouldn't have. And the movie was Trading Places. Okay, definitely. Were you driving? Did you drive yeah, yourself there? Yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, uh, what a great choice. Well, it's not really a choice. It's like a memory, right? Like, what a great memory to have. Well, well, well. So or was it? Or well, was it? I, I think it was. I don't know if my parents would think it was, but so I, I don't remember what the first movie was because you remember drive-ins would do like double features. They would do one like yeah. all ages, and then one usually rated R afterwards. That would probably start at like ten o'clock or something. So, yeah, I fell asleep in the back seat for trading places and i woke up right when um eddie murphy was having that party in his in, in dan Aykroyd's uh, apartment or house or whatever and that that young lady kind of flashes her breasts and uh, the young african-american lady and i woke up i saw that and those were the first boobs <laughs> I've, i oh ever saw and then oh i was like goodness. whoa and then went right back to sleep and that's what? all i remember that's all i remember i was like i was five years old <laughs> Oh my goodness, Corey! What a great entry. I know, I know, right? And and so, uh, I mean, I don't know if that's why, but uh, one of my two crushes growing up um, was uh, Pam Greer and Linda Linda Carter. And um, I don't know if, if seeing you know a beautiful young African American woman uh, naked at at five did that or whatever. I don't know, but I I love Pam Greer growing up, and uh, and and so and I love Trading Places to this day. So, well, Pam Greer is gorgeous. Oh my god, and. That was that's a great entry. That that's why we're here today for, for that. That's what I wanted to hear. Something like that. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, so like great, it's, man. It's burned so in great. my head, and and, and yeah, it's, exactly. And it's not even Jamie Lee Curtis, who I who I think looks amazing in that movie. And it's a great movie. It's it's a hilarious movie. It's a wonderful, fucking wonderful movie. But I remember that that young African American lady. Uh, just I still love her to this day because <laughs> I saw her when I was five, and it just burned into my brain. <laughs> it could it could have gone a lot worse, buddy. It could have gone a lot worse. Definitely could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, buddy. What's your what's your number two? All right, my next one on the list from 1981 is a movie called Cannonball Run. Mm, mm. I'm sure sure you've seen it. Of course, uh, yes, of, yeah, course. of course. Um, uh, shoot, was it Bridget Bardot? Is that that's who's in it, right? Um, no, no. Oh, was she in part two? Was she just in part Probably. two? Part two, yeah. That's right. Um, That's number right. one had, um, well, Adrian. Um, hey, yes, Adrian Barbo. Adrian, yeah, Adrian Barbo. But this was another. This was another older brother bringing home the movie. Like younger Tim wasn't allowed to go to the movie store or choose a movie because I had no idea what was going on. But he brought this home. And this movie, like it's just super fun. It's like, it's basically, this movie's good for any age. I can still watch this movie now, and I have a ton of fun with it. And I still, I probably visit this movie once every year. Mm. Uh, it, I, I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. The characters are basically racing cars across the United States in a race called the Cannonball. And you've got all these different, like, really, really unique and interesting characters who kind of are each in their own car. And the movie follows their story as each of these cars is going across the country trying to win. And my goodness, just the the performances like from really great actors, the ideas that they have in this movie, the jokes are hilarious. This um, 
definitely will not pass the whole Me Too movement yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But things were different in the eighties. So if you I recommend watching it, but you know, watch it with a grain of salt. Like there's, you know, some offensive sexual, you know, innuendos in it. Um, but you know, as you had mentioned with the with the boobies, you know, this movie <laughs> had a couple of very attractive women driving a Lamborghini. Oh yeah across the country and they would often get pulled over by the cops and they would just unzip their leather suit all the way down so the cleavage is bursting out and you know little little old tim is wondering what's going on you know, <laughs> why is why is tim feeling a certain way <laughs> why do i feel like this <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh the good old awkward ages when you're like what's happening what's happening to me <laughs> that's right why do i love this so much <laughs> i know um i I probably uh, lean more towards Smokey and the Bandit a little bit more than this. Um, although I will say that I always thought Cannonball Run had such a great premise that could be remade at any point in time. It's such a it's a simple premise. It's point A to point B, and that's that's all it is really. Um, but you get yeah. all this cool stuff in it, and I mean it's so video game esque even to today with all the different cars and stuff. Honestly, I think a lot of video games probably have something to that they owe to cannonball run you know and yeah it's but it is a great movie it is it, it's a fun movie i haven't seen it in a while i just i just know that me i kind of lean more towards smoking the bandit a little bit sure yeah i think it's the characters that do it for me just there's some real interesting groups of characters here you've got roger moore playing like a bond yeah james bond character like he's not calling himself james bond because he can't but he's playing like an international spy yeah and Jackie Chan is in it. He's driving oh, yeah. like a futuristic Japanese car and his like he's using technology oh, yeah. um, to kind of to kind of win. You've got um, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin uh, <laughs> from the couple guys from the Rat Pack and they're drunks. They're just drunk the whole time driving a Corvette. It's just there's so many funny things going on in this one. I, that's that's why it's that's there. I think it's it's obviously there because I have such it had such a good impact on me yeah when i saw it yeah and and it's it's interesting how meta that movie was for when you know a time when like meta probably wasn't that big of a deal as it is now people all like things to be meta and everything and that was back then yeah you i mean your lead actor is burt reynolds so yeah that's no. you know yeah <laughs> but he drives a an ambulance in that one right and and number he does, one yeah and i think that's what it was i was like the the lead he has arguably like even though it's smart why he chose it uh, in the movie, they explain it like why he gets an ambulance. But like, I, I like the lead, like I wanted him to have a cooler car. And that's why I think I leaned more towards Smokey and the Bandit because he's got that awesome Trans Am, you know, and, right. and it's, it's the, it's the Mad Max scenario. It's uh, Mad Max is one of the movies I love. I love Road Warrior. Um, they're in my top five, but I don't know when I saw them for the first time. So they're not even going to make this list. So I'm just going to talk about them freely. But like, I have a love for like really awesome cars and I don't know shit about cars. So don't like, I, I don't know anything about them, but I love, I know what I love is what I should say, you know, and and I think for me, sometimes with Cannonball Run, the price, the, the the cost of admission, like the hardest point for me to break into it is that Burt Reynolds just doesn't have a cool ass car in it. But there are a bunch of cool cars in it, though. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Still a great movie, though. Don't don't get yeah, me wrong. I think <laughs> I, they, I think they use the ambulance to develop um, his character a little bit more. Yeah, because uh, with the ambulance, they have uh, there's like maybe four of them in the ambulance and there's some interesting 
comedy and dynamics that come from that. But I, I definitely understand what you're saying. It, it gives them it give them more space to actually in, incorporate more characters in it so that you could interact with. Um, who's the who's his partner? The the fat guy, the the funny yeah, fat Dom, guy. Dom Dom Deloise. There you go, Dom Deloise. He's not still yeah. alive, is he? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. I always liked him when I was a kid. I always thought he was kind of funny. He's he's good for kids. He's a good actor. He's, for he's kids. good for kids. Yeah. yeah, he's a good. Yeah, exactly. When you get older, you're like, eh, he's kind of annoying. But when you're a kid, he's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Oh man. All right. Well, we are on to 1984, my man. I was six years old when I saw one of the best movies ever made. What did you do, Ray? Ghostbusters. Oh, there you go. Hey, uh, I. So I went that one. I actually um, my stepmom took me to see that one. I my, I my dad did not actually take me to see that. So I, that was a memory I shared with her. And I just remember being just so enamored by it. I was like, oh, my God. Like what? You know, just as much as as, as Star Wars. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And even dude, even at 42 years old. If someone asked me what do you, what would you want to be like what would your number one job be in my heart of hearts I know my answer is Ghostbuster I will always <laughs> want to be a Ghostbuster always uh, I've never heard anyone say that before <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing I love that Yeah dude I mean like I mean what's not to love man their backpacks are awesome you know their their outfits are cool their car is great they're freaking rock stars you know and you know like. Like there's so many parts of this movie that I love and that I grabbed onto, but I'll tell this story for some reason. And and so when I was growing up as a kid, my I was really close with my grandpa. And um, even though I saw this movie with my stepmom, I was always like I was kind of a grandpa's boy, right? I would always hang out with him. My mom uh, would drop me off at his house, or he would be there in the morning when I go to school and everything. So. For some reason, I don't know why. I think I guess that's the reason why. But I really gravitated towards um, that gentleman who says, "What are you supposed to be? Some kind of cosmonaut?" When they first get to the Sedgwick, and you know, they the first time you see them in their outfit, that when they go to the Slimer bust and they go to get in the elevator, and that older gentleman is is standing there with his uh, trench coat, his cigar, his hat, and he's like, "You know, are you supposed to be some kind of cosmonaut?" And then you know, Ray's like, "Someone saw a cockroach up on you know whatever," and he's like, "Oh, must be some cockroach, right?" Yada yada yada. That whole scene. I don't know why, but I loved it as a kid. It, it, maybe because he was old and he reminded me of my grandpa, even though my grandpa didn't talk like a, a New York guy like that. He didn't, and he didn't even look at all like it. But for some reason, I gravitated towards that that gentleman. I love that scene still to this day. I still love that scene. Fast forward, you know, thirty years, and that is my wife's grandfather, the the the, the actor who did that scene, and like like for real, yeah. So. He what? is his name is Murray Rubin. Uh, no he, way. He's he's Jewish. Um, and my my wife is is Latina, but my wife's sister, so my sister in law, uh, and my brother in law, who who I live up here in Oregon with, that is my brother in law's true grandfather. But he's been with my sister in law for twenty years. So basically, he's been in my wife's life for like twenty years. And so she always just called him Grandpa Murray. And what the fuck were the chances that like six year old me um, like loved this one guy? And every time I watch the movie, I just I love this one actor. And then, then all of a sudden I meet, you know, wife and, you know, like we, we you know, we dated even before I even found out. Then all of a sudden you find out, oh, that's her. Grand I'm like, what the 
fuck? Like, that's insane. So That's an insane connection. I know. So it gets even crazier. So I um, I proposed to her down at the, uh, the Biltmore in downtown Los Angeles, which is the Sedgwick, which is where they filmed the exterior. They filmed that shot where they're all walking in, you know, and everything, and with the elevator scene. And we found the elevators, and, you know, basically I was standing, uh, she was standing where Murray was, where uh, uh, Murray Rubin was, and I was standing kind of like where Ray was. And I was like, oh, look, this is where your grandpa was at. And I was like, look at this, like, look behind you, because that's where the camera was facing. And she's like, oh, wow. You know, so she kind of spun around. And then as she spun back around, I was on my knee. And and that's when I proposed. So anytime we watch Ghostbusters now, I propose to her right where that elevator scene is. Wow. Holy shit, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 to, to like the point of this podcast, like what was the memory behind that? I love that movie as a kid so much. I thought it was fantastic. I gravitated towards that scene. I just, I was just, I was just mesmerized by him for some reason. Um, but then moving forward, I, I, after Ghostbusters, I was a huge real Ghostbusters kid. So I would, I got into that and then Ghostbusters 2 comes out and they're like, they're not on top of the world. They're, they're, you know, they're down on their luck. And I just, I hate Ghostbusters 2 with a passion. And I try watching Ghostbusters 2, like no lie every year because I'm a huge fucking ghost head and I fucking hate Ghostbusters 2. I hate it. I like Vigo. I think he's funny. I like some parts in it, but I hate mm. the fact that the movie starts with them like down and out because I've been watching, I've been watching real Ghostbusters for so long where they're always like always at their peak, you know, at that point, they're the Ghostbusters. So I just didn't want to see them be down and out, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm still adjusting to the story you just told us. <laughs> <laughs> so such a great story that you like that there was something about that character that you connected with like that early, and mm-hmm. and for for that to be the outcome, my goodness, that's amazing. And I, I'm um, still blown away by it. Like like to this day, like it's it's not fabricated. I'm like I didn't like retcon my memory. I don't know why. Like I, even when I was a kid, I was like oh, I just I liked the way he talked. I liked I liked that scene. It was funny. And then like yeah. truly, my favorite scene in the movie is when they're in the elevator right afterwards, and when Ray says, you know, like he gets turned on for the first time and they kind of scooch, you know, to the side and everything as he's like staring straight ahead. I love that scene. Um, and it's funny because when you watch it in pan and scan for TV, you miss the joke of them moving. So like, I didn't actually get the joke until I had it on DVD or something later in my age. Um, but I do remember loving that as well. That, I mean, that movie's just fucking perfect, man. That movie's great. I love Ghostbusters. I do love Ghostbusters. I was definitely a late bloomer for that one. Yeah. That one that one didn't hit me until much later. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not not sure why. Um we were talking a little bit about this off air. I don't think I really had much of a sci-fi brain growing up. So I think this one I, like I couldn't really place this for myself of kind of like what genre this was and there was just something about it that turned me off uh when I was younger. You know, seeing it when I was a little bit older, loved it, you know, understood what, what was so great about it. And I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic movie. It's it's just excellent. But um, yeah, didn't uh, didn't hit me at the time. Yeah. And, and you said that, we you know, we were talking about that offline before we before we started. And I was actually a little little surprised by that because you love Star Trek. And I, I think of you now as like a sci fi kind of guy. And uh, I was a little surprised by that, that, that you weren't into sci fi as much as a kid. Were you like were you more into like um, sword and sorcery stuff or were you just more like normal, like actiony G.I. Joe type of stuff? 
Yeah, I was actiony GI Joe. Okay. So other than other than Star Wars, um, which was obviously you know a sci-fi love. Yeah, I was more into like the action movies, like the the Jean Claude Van Damme's, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Um, those types of movies were what you know I was I was renting every weekend and going to see. Okay. So and and the comedies, the comedies. So, um, I was jaded very early towards horror. So I I didn't actually get into that genre because like I almost I almost broke that genre seeing it at a at too young of an age. What do you remember? What movie that was, or is it gonna is it gonna be on the list, or do you have something it, in I, your head? I I do know, and it was on the list, and it got pulled off the list. Oh, okay. Well, let's but talk about it now then. Let's do it. It was Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. Oh, oh, I okay, okay, okay. I I had a friend who had Super Channel. Now, Super Channel back in the day was basically it was it was very expensive. But if you had it, then once a movie got out of theater, it would hit Super Channel like four or five, six months later. Oh wow! So yeah, so uh, this movie came out. I think it was ninety five. Oh, sorry, not. I think it was eighty five that that movie came out. Yes. Again. Old, I'm inserting older brother here. I didn't want to watch this movie, but older brother kind of for him and his friend forced me to go over to my friend's house so that they could watch this on Super Channel. And I tagged along and watched it. And they did that a few times. And I think just at that age, seeing these movies, which were like ultra violent and ultra gory, I got desensitized like really early to it. Yeah. So I, I had a hard time. Um, like falling for the scares in movies after that so do you have do you have a a horror genre that you like now so did you not get into the the slashers of the 80s essentially no i didn't and and what 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 horror movies do you dig on now these days um like nothing really okay Okay. Nothing. I haven't. I haven't seen a horror movie that I've liked for a while. The last one I saw that I liked was a um, a movie called Wreck, uh, like R E C, like record. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a uh, that's a remake of a no, or that's the first one, or that's, that's the the original. Quarantine is the remake. Yeah, it's. I think it's a Spanish film or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one. That one was really cool. Uh, yeah. And then I. I think I tend to. I tend to lean towards like the uh, exorcism type movies. Okay. Um, just kind of find them interesting. Actually, probably the last one that I saw that I really enjoyed was The Witch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was thought good. that was that was really good. Did but, you, yeah. Did you see Hereditary? No, I see. I, I haven't seen a lot of these new ones just because it's not really my thing. So I'm not going out to watch them. Yeah. But I've I've heard there's lots of good ones that are out now. Uh, dude, I I totally get it, man. I mean, I I fucking run a, a cult horror movie podcast, and you know, I refuse to watch like ghost movies because I fucking hate ghost movies, and I hate them because like like eh, just just be corporeal, you know what I mean? Like like I can have my back against the wall, and I ah, shit, I already used this bit before. I'm gonna skip this, cut this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or will I? <laughs> or will you? No, I. <laughs> Oh my I don't God. like to cut I'm stuff re- out, Curry. I'm reusing bits. That's terrible. But uh, anyways, <laughs> I hate ghost movies because they fucking scare me because like there's no logic to it because like like yeah like you can you can go into a room with only one entrance and you can be like okay I'm gonna fight you whatever it is and then it could be behind you because it's fucking a ghost. I'm like yeah fuck you. You know like th- that's not fair. None of that's, that's fair. That's not fair. That's no, not fair. So, and I, that's my horror movies. I like more slashers. I like more um you know like like zombie movies and stuff like actiony sort of uh. uh stuff like that um and and honestly i'll 
I'll take, you know, this this will be a little bit out of order, and I'll save the other one for last, but in that sort of vein, um, my next one is going to be 1987. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, it's oh, not yeah, your yeah. turn. Yeah. It's not your turn. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what were we just doing, mine? <laughs> slow, slow down, buddy. <laughs> no, we just did your Ghostbusters, yeah. Oh, did we said- Oh, yeah, no, no. The, the Friday the 13th did not make my list. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, But it, okay. it was on the list. It was on the list. Gotcha. But, my God, guys, it's-, it's Oh, my it's goodness. Like, it's like you just I'm about- a, It's like I'm a professional or something or not. <laughs> We just about had to shut down early there. Guys, we're done. Corey <laughs> fucked up and we're done. <laughs> Cut the last 15 minutes of our conversation. <laughs> All right. You're here like, we go. what the fuck are you doing to me here, man? <laughs> no, I caught, I caught it just ahead of time. I was like, whose turn is it? I'm like, I don't even know whose turn it is. And then I kind of played them back in my head what you had said. So I was like, oh, yeah, he's already done three. I've done two. So I luckily, luckily caught that. Not, not like it would have, come on, what would have happened, right? What's the worst that could have happened? I'm, I told, dude, I told you, man, I'm filling Dean's shoes. I'm, I'm the wild card here, buddy. I'm, I'm going to you know keep what? you on your Let's, toes. I want to, I don't, I want to go with it. I want to hear your next one. <laughs> screw this, screw this I, shit. Go ahead. I want to hear it. <laughs> I just, I was just trying to segue with your traumatization and your desensitization to, uh, things at a young age. For me, it was 1987's RoboCop that I saw in the theater uh, when I was yeah. Yes. nine years old so totally like, like dude like like you know I, I always tell people and i think we've talked about this before and and you i've talked about it on the podcast other podcasts it's like the reason i've only seen like et like two or three times in my life because like when you've seen a dude fucking melt in front of your eyes like oh i can't go back to like benji movies and you know like those old disney stuff you know the live action disney crap and you know, i like, hate et yeah, I'm going to put it on record again. I hate it. I love that. The reason I haven't watched it more than one or two times is because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you hate E.T., man. I, I won't say that, but I will say that I have not fucking watched it as much as like everyone else like our age. You know what I mean? Like it's like such yeah. a thing that people love. But that's because I fucking saw a dude melt. But, you know, like so. I will say melt this. and then get hit like melt and then get disintegrated <laughs> by a car like disintegrated. <laughs> and I love insane. how I love how the the TV version is 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 the they filmed it where he, he they drive around him essentially and I'm like oh, I started thinking about it. I'm like I'm like well that's actually worse because now he's just gonna melt on his own into a puddle <laughs> you know like I would rather have just been killed instantly right <laughs> yeah, definitely but I do remember oh. my dad kind of like. He might, and my dad doesn't know a lot about films or whatever, but I do remember him kind of explaining to me, like, when people got shot, that they had these little packets under their their shirt or something that it would just kind of, like, explode. I'm like, okay, I get that. But I did not understand how they could get him due to melt. And I thought, like, did they ask him to do that? Is he really melting? You know, like, I just couldn't. Right. My nine-year-old brain couldn't go around it. And But because of it, because of, like, movies like RoboCop or the the other movie that I'm going to say next, after you do two of yours, um, it, it's, it's uh <laughs> Uh, it's just like I couldn't go back, man. My my dad desensitized me at an early age, probably the same way your your older brother did. Um, yes, you know because my dad just wanted to fucking go see these movies, and my dad right. was you know he was a young guy at that time. He was probably like thirty one or something. He just fucking wanted to go see a goddamn movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, RoboCop. I, I mean that that could have made my list for sure. It's just a bit too late for me. But I remember seeing RoboCop for the first time on a, a hockey tournament for my older brother. And we were all in the hotel. It was like late at night and word on the street was that somebody, somebody's parents were gone out of the room 
and that we were going to go there and rent Robocop, which was on like the rental for the room. Like, I, I don't know what you call that, but you'd go. There's another thing too. You could go to hotels back in the day and they'd always have movies that were in between movie theater and being available on VHS, right? Like they had some sort of deal where you could rent them from there. So a bunch of us kids, all probably from the ages of whatever, nine to 11, piled into this one person's room and started watching Robocop. <laughs> and we got about halfway through when uh, one of the parents came in and busted us all. And we just all <laughs> left halfway through with our, our tails between our legs in shame. Oh, yeah. No, let him finish incredible. Robocop, man. I know, right? And I know. Incredible, incredible movie, though. But. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great movie. I, I love that movie. And it, it holds up really well, even to today. You know, especially, I mean, I would say it holds up even better now than it did back in the 80s, weirdly. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I really want to go back and watch that one. Yeah, it's it's definitely definitely worth it, man. If we, if we lived closer, there would be so many movies I'd be letting you borrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hereditary would be one, and then I'd be uh, I'd be watching uh, Star Trek Voyager with you. So that's right, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to my number three. Yes, nineteen seventy five Jaws. Ooh, buddy, good pick. So. I got a story for this one. Oh, now regale us. I will. I will. Now, as a child, I was a huge shark fan. Mm. I don't know why. Um, now, I've, I've told this story before on one of our podcasts. We did a shark week where we did Jaws 1, 2, 3, and 4. So anybody listening, go check out those episodes. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. <laughs> but little Tim loved sharks. And my parents thought you know what he likes sharks maybe we can like put jaws on for him now one of the things that i used to do as a kid like a five-year-old i would go down into the basement of our house into the darkest scariest area which was quite scary and i would take a shark book that i had i would find like the scariest page where there's like no light underwater just a picture of like a shark with its mouth wide open so I'd have the book closed, I'd put it right up to my face, I'd close my eyes, and I'd slowly open the book, and then I'd open my eyes to this shark's mouth right in front of my face. I don't know, I think I was just trying to get scared. Like, I may have, like, loved the, I may have loved fear at that age, or I was discovering fear, and it was, like, riveting, and just something, like, exciting about it, but I would do that, and, and like, I don't know why, but I did that. So I think my parents thought, look, we could probably show him Jaws. And they were going to, you know, have me turn away for the scary parts. Um, and I remember them saying, like, okay, turn turn your head, turn your head. Now, it comes to the end of the movie. And Jaws gets killed. Movie ends, and I'm crying. And my, my parents think they've, like, they think they've destroyed me here, right? They're, oh, shit, we made a huge mistake. <laughs> we fucked Shouldn't up have little Tim. Him. We <laughs> fucked up little Tim. They ask me why I'm crying. I'm crying because the shark got killed. Yep. <laughs> so I, I identified. I identified with the killer shark. <laughs> you love Bruce, man. You identified. I love. With Bruce, I baby. love Bruce. I love Bruce. Why did he have to die? He was so young. <laughs> he was so young. He had so much potential. So much to live for. <laughs> that's right. So that's such such a vivid memory for me. Is like being comforted by my parents because they thought I was 
terrified and yet i'm not terrified i'm saddened (laughs) by what's (laughs) gone on here it's like it's like they 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 didn't mean to to traumatize you in that way you know that's right (laughs) (laughs) totally totally oh man that's such a great movie dude um i'm with again shocker uh i fucking love sharks you know we we did that (laughs) you know we did that wake review man i just love underwater i love it's usually shark movies but i love just underwater monster movies um but uh, i love all shark movies dude i try to see every shark movie that i can um my my like my modern sort of favorite is The Shallows. I thought The Shallows was fantastic. Um, I still need to see 47 Meters Uncaged, the second one. Uh, the mm. first one just was so bad. But um, are you still a fan of shark movies to the to today? No, I, um, I shut it down after Deep Blue Sea. I, I never watched another one after that. Because you didn't like you, they don't was, do it yeah, justice, yeah. essentially. Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll just go back and watch the Jaws series. <laughs> I love it. I love that series. Every one of those movies. They're good for different reasons, but they're all watchable in my opinion. Yeah, dude. I mean, like Jaws 2 is actually pretty decent. Um, my one actually one of the things that traumatized me the most in Jaws 2 was when the babysitter girl pushed the little boy onto the boat and then just yes. got swallowed whole. And I was like, because yep. even I try not to think about it, but I can't help but think about what that must have been like for that character. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. you're in, in, and also like, do you drown first or do you, you know, get pulverized first? And then that one shot in Jaws three where that guy gets uh, is in the inside of the mouth. And it's kind of like from his point of view, just getting crushed uh, in there. I, that freaked me out. So to the to today like like my one of my biggest most irrational fears is being eaten alive and i just the idea of that just fucks me up in the head and you know what i mean i lived in california for 13 years and in la and i did not step foot in the water once (laughs) you know at all because i'm like because of sharks uh yeah man well i mean it's also polluted and cold as fuck but yeah man like like guess what i'm not gonna get eaten by a great white shark if i'm not actually in their fucking territory and there's great white sharks out on the uh west coast like that so but i'm exactly i love sharks man i love sharks i loved when i was a kid going to the aquarium uh baltimore had a great aquarium where they had some some sharks in there, you know the the nurse sharks or whatever. But you know it's still fucking cool, and I just love that shit, man. I love I love underwater stuff. Nice, me too, me too. Were you love a it. fan of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? Oh hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Just seeing that giant squid like that. Oftentimes, I would sit through movies just to see one or two scenes. And that was one of the movies where I didn't know what the hell these guys were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on in this movie, but I would sit through it so I could see this giant squid attack this submarine. Yeah. And that was my moment. That was my moment. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> hey, dude, that was a great fucking moment, man. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was. It was. I love that movie. And uh, yeah, guys and gals out there, if uh, you've never seen it, go check it out on Disney+. Plus. It is a great fucking movie. Uh, that and Black Hole. Ooh, and Tron. Go watch Tron. Yeah, watch all those. Watch What's all Black those? Hole? What's yes, Black yeah. Hole? Black Hole's great too. Um, okay. I I stole your thunder, so you got to get another one. Uh, okay. in there. I'm gonna drop another one. <laughs> Dr- Nine- drop another truth bomb, baby. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. And I got another good one for you. 1981, a movie called Venom. Hmm? This is a British horror film. I'm, now, I'm, qu- I'm quickly IMDbing it so I can see what the cover looks like. Check it out. Okay, Little Tim was. Rather shy, 
I was usually uncomfortable around new people. And we were on a trip to Toronto, which is a fairly big city in Canada. So I'm already uncomfortable about that. We're staying at a place that I don't know with people I don't know. And they're talking about this story that had just happened that some people or kids or something had cut a hole in the fence at the zoo and three timber wolves had escaped. And I'm probably five or six years old. So I'm terrified. I'm terrified of being in this house. I'm terrified that I don't know anybody. I'm terrified there's timber wolves running around and everything was just frightening to me. And I think the next day we go to one of their friend's houses and we're all hanging out there. All the adults are hanging out. I'm sitting there in the living room, like terrified in fear, hoping no one will talk to me. And on the TV is this movie, Venom. All the adults are talking. I don't even know if anybody realized it was on because let me tell you, this movie is rated R and (laughs) little Tim is watching it terrified in the room. I don't want to talk to anybody. So I'm just fixated on the TV (laughs) and I loved snakes as well. I loved sharks and I loved snakes. Two, two, two of the creatures of the animal kingdom that most people don't actually love. <laughs> two, two of the like the top level predators who will fucking kill you in a second. But this movie is on the television and I'm watching it. And this is the plot. Terrorists are in the process of kidnapping a child and they get trapped in a house with a black mamba. And this black mamba basically goes around killing people in this house. Now, they used a real black mamba in this movie. Jesus, did they de-venom him or something? No, no. I think they had a zoologist handling it the whole time. And they give a big thank you to this zoologist who they say, without this zoologist, this movie would not have been possible. Yeah, because the black mambas are like the most like venomous snake in the entire world. Yeah, so what you're getting here is you're getting real snake images as well. So when this snake opens its mouth up, it's real. And there's something very different about seeing a real snake do that versus like a fake snake. Um, I'm terrified of the movie while I'm watching it, but I'm more terrified of getting up and leaving the room and going into a room (laughs) where there's somebody I don't know and having to like converse with them. So I was literally frozen in fear in that room. Oh my God. And it is... A terrifying movie. Doing a little bit of like background research for this, I did find that people were actually saying this was a good horror movie. Like it held up really, really well. But you know how British movies have this certain feeling to them? Yeah. They're very different. They're just, I find them scary in general. Even if there's nothing scary about it, they're just shot a different way. They're done a different way. So this movie was like that, but it also had these terrifying themes going on. And this, this snake going around killing people. It was just, it was brutal. Um, your your buddy, Toby Hooper, who directed Life Force, was the original director on this. Oh. But uh, they they, uh, they tossed him off for some reason. He got he got canned. Oh, but. no shit. I, I, I looked it up on IMDb. I don't recognize it at all. Um, and the only really person I kind of even know in it is Klaus Kinski. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I don't really know, like, much about it. I'm... I'm morbidly intrigued but i am very much like <laughs> like indiana jones you should man. check it out you i hate check snakes man i can't stand oh do you snakes. oh okay, god yeah okay. so um and it's directed on imdb it's directed it says pierce haggard uh is is, is who uh, directed it um 
So yeah, which looks like he wasn't a big director. That's interesting. No, he didn't curious. do much. Interesting. Uh, that I think that also had a part to do with my desensitization to horror. Yeah, because it was just such a terrifying thing at such a young age. But yeah, I, I definitely have all sorts of thoughts and feelings about that movie and the time that I was in Toronto and and all that happened. Wow, dude, that's that's deep, man. I literally want to just go back in time and be like, "Hey, little Tim, you don't gotta watch this. I just want to change yeah. the channel for you." <laughs> no you <know>? doubt, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> oh man, that's rough, but I kind of loved it. Like I kind of like I kind of was enjoying it at the same time. Like it was. I was very frightened by it, but I was also intrigued. Yeah. Um, like a similar thing happened to me with the movie, the thing, mm-hmm. the way that I got into that movie, it was, uh, it was on TV and it was summertime and my dad and my brother were across the street, like cutting the neighbor's grass. So I was left alone in the house and I should not have been watching this movie and it came on, but I watched it and I was just captivated by it as like as scared as I was, I was captivated. And when it would go to commercial, I would literally every commercial, I would run out the house across the street just to stand near people and feel like I was safe. <laughs> and then after a couple of minutes, I'd run back in the house because I had to see more. Yeah. But it's just this weird feeling like, you know, you I guess you know you're safe, right? Because you know it's just it's just on TV. It's not gonna nothing's gonna happen to you, but the terror is real for a child. Yeah. Uh, but there's something to that that's really interesting and like I wanted more of it. Like I wanted to be scared more. Oh man, so. dude. I that that's awesome, man. Like 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 I guess as a kid, you know, like everything is new and exciting to you. Even even like fear is kind of exciting to you because you don't really feel that too often. I mean, as as a species, as an animal, we are the top level predator, you know, and and we don't really have that much to fear other than kind of our own uh, species, essentially, you know. Um, yeah. And it's so it's like as a kid, it's interesting because you're like, oh my god, this is kind of like a new thing, and yeah, it's scary, but at the same time, it's exhilarating. You feel a lot you know yeah and if you know you're safe if you're in a safe environment you can kind of let it let it go and just understand that everything will be okay and you know what let's let the imagination run wild here yeah yeah no i know it's i I, and i I have a funny story with the thing too it's not actually for me it was a buddy of mine uh back in in high school um i had seen it already before with my other friend luke who i mention all the time on podcast after dark and um but then we watched it with our friend Derek, and i think he'd only ever seen it on like tv so like it had been cut and edited and everything and like he was he was not a big horror guy He's like, oh man, yeah, I can do the thing. Yeah, no big deal, man. I've seen that before. And like literally picturing like a 16-year-old guy, like, you know, sitting there and like as soon as the, the first dog's head does that flower blossom, just hit all the, the 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 color went out of his face. And he was like, that wasn't on TV, you know? <laughs> yeah, no shit. And I was shit, it was so giddy to be able to like watch someone experience it for the first time at such an old age, you know, <laughs> at 16 yeah. at the time, you know. But uh <laughs> Cool. cool. It's such a crazy movie, man. I fucking, I love that movie, dude. All the time. Love that movie. Love that movie. Oh, and let me ask you something. Are you still a fan of snake movies like Anaconda and whatnot? Oh, no. Okay. No, I'm, I, I don't think so. You know, I was a, I was a huge fan of snakes. I wanted to have a snake. I did science projects on snakes. And then one summer we have uh, maybe an hour away from our city here. There's a snake pit mm. where these garter snakes, they all go and there are 
oh goodness, I don't know, tens and tens of thousands of garter snakes all around. <laughs> and uh, you're shivering right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I love them. I wanted to go and see them. So I went, I went and I picked up my first snake. And I thought this was going to be amazing. I picked it up. This thing opened its mouth. Like its top jaw was pointing towards the sky. The bottom jaw was pointing towards the ground and it was about to bite me. And I dropped it and I ran away. And I now, and since that moment, have the utmost respect and fear for snakes. I no longer like them. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with them. I don't, I'm done. Wow, dude. Wait, how old did you say you were? Do you remember when you did that? For the the snakes, it was probably, uh, I was probably 10, 10 or 11. I mean, pretty ballsy, man. You you picked it up. That's 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 well, awesome. I just I I'd loved them for so long. I had no idea like what to expect, or, or I had no reason to fear them, right? Until I picked this one up, and it just went like, "I'm gonna fucking bite you, <laughs> you asshole! Why are you picking me up?" Yeah, don't pick me up, and that was it. That, like I when I just when I see snakes now, I'm so scared of them. <laughs> Wow. I'm, I'm, I could not, I don't think I could pick one up now. Ah, uh, dude, I, but I mean, that's probably a good thing, you know? And and like it you is, said, you have is. a, you have a respect for it. It's not like, you know, you hate them. You just, now you have a respect for it. And I mean, it was a garter snake. It wouldn't have been, you know, poisonous, but dude, you didn't want to get bit by it. I don't want to fucking get bit by it. Like, oh God, exactly. I, I saw, was, I, mean, I was watching, um, um, that, uh, on Disney plus that building an empire documentary about star Wars. And there's a behind the scenes shot of that's that, that scene where Luke is, uh, an empire strikes back about to fly out of Dagobah. And he takes that snake off of the, out of oh, the yeah. X wing. And in the movie, he just moves it or whatever. But in the behind the scenes, if, fucking bites him he's like ah and he oh, fucking really? drops it yeah you know and i mean you know of course but like he's like yeah. ow you know like fuck <laughs> i was like i was like i was like oh god i hate that like i just i hate that now it's gonna be in my head forever knowing that that you know mark hamill got bit by it but i yeah. i don't like snakes man they freak no. me the fuck out <laughs> no more snakes dude but you know what i still love sharks until i get bit by one. <laughs> oh god come on man <laughs> Uh, me too me too for that for that matter <laughs> me too buddy <laughs> i think as long as something doesn't try to bite me i'm probably going to be okay with it right right <laughs> next the first time we meet i'm gonna try to fucking bite you <laughs> <laughs> you're like hey cory <laughs> oh oh cory's a zombie oh i get it okay. oh, i understand i get, I get, I get it is. i get it now <laughs> oh man all right, all right buddy, buddy. yeah am I, you want am i am i taking this one all righty yeah, go ahead all right. Number five, right? Yep. Five. The 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 one. Uh, just like Return of the Jedi, started with probably one of you know my my most influential movies. This is going to be the second most influential movie. I'm sure you know what it is. Um, but in 1986, my dad took me to see Aliens when I was eight years old. Now, wow, oof, nice. I mean, dude, well, dude, that's hard. That's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was uh, so Zach and I interviewed Jeanette Goldstein, who played Vasquez in Aliens, and we interviewed her a couple weeks ago uh, for podcasting after Dark. And I told her this story, and she says she goes. Well, that's just bad parenting right there. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't argue with you that. You can't argue. That's true. It's true. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but for me, so the reason he took me to see it, I actually don't think he would have had I not been so um, gung-ho for it. So uh, like I said, I was uh, nine years old. Oh, I'm sorry. I was eight years old. Uh, what I had remember- you, Sorry. Had you seen <laughs> Alien? Had you seen Alien? I had not seen Alien at that point, right? Okay. Um, okay. I, I'd, I'd only, I'd never seen Alien, but what, what it was was 
my grandfather would get Time Magazine, and I would, like I said earlier, I would always kind of be at his house, or he'd come to my house to kind of watch me, because my mom uh, was a single parent, and, and my grandparents were right down the street, so he would watch me. So, Time Magazine had an article on the movie Aliens, because it was a big fucking deal at the time, right? Because Alien was a big fucking deal. So, they actually had an article in Aliens, or in Time Magazine about the movie Aliens, and only a couple pictures, like Ripley, um, you know, probably the shot of a Xeno that you've seen a gazillion times and everything, um, but then it also a shot of the dropship, and that was where little Corey's mind was just blown away by how amazingly cool the dropship was, and and Aliens not only represents like a, a movie that I saw in the, th the theater and all this kind of stuff, but it also is the first movie that I understood that it was coming out. Meaning before that, we would just I would just see whatever movie my parents would take me to see. I didn't pay attention to trailers. Um, I didn't really, you know, you, I don't know that any, it just. You, I, I thought that you just went to the theater and you just looked up and you pointed and and that's what you went and saw. I didn't think that there was any like foresight into it. So mm. this was the first movie that I was like, oh my god, I want to see this. And you know, I'm sure my dad was like, why the fuck do you want to see this? You know. And I can remember. Here's another thing I remember from seeing that movie. I had to watch most of that movie with my ears closed i was absolutely terrified i think people were upset with me because i think i was talking right you know rightfully so that they were upset with me I, I and my dad i probably i should not have been there um but i do remember my fucking dad halfway through the movie he goes eh, i think this is a sequel to something and so my dad really? my dad <laughs> is know? notorious for he my whole entire life he, he doesn't remember if he's seen a movie or not because he's usually drunk. And then he'll sometimes spend the entire movie trying to figure out if he's seen it or not while he's watching it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, Dad, did you even enjoy it? And he's like, no, I tried to figure out if I've seen it or not. And I'm like, well, then you just watched an hour and a half of it. Did you see it? Have you seen it before? It's, I don't know. You know, it's like, oh, my God, fuck. <laughs> but, like, he doesn't have any, like, recall, like, whatsoever when it comes to, like, movies. And so, like, yeah, Alien was – and also, also, it was the first time that I realized that – a sequel did not have to have a number after it. So I knew sequels existed. I guess I didn't correlate that Aliens was a sequel because it didn't have a number two after it. I, I had no clue about that, which is, you know, imagine the other version of Corey being really confused about the um, Bill Cosby movie Leonard Part 6 that did not have any Leonard's Part 1 through 5 in front of it. <laughs> it was just called Leonard Part 6. Um, but anyways, Aliens... It will always stick in my memory um, as much as I said earlier, you know, like I said, Star Wars is life, but Aliens is my single favorite movie of all time. Um, I I've seen that one movie more than probably any one Star Wars movie. Uh, I love it. I love the Marines. I love I, I mostly love the Marines. And honestly, when I was younger, I would usually turn the movie off once, you know, uh, Ripley had to go and get Newt, you know, from from the hive. I kind of like tapped out because I love the Marines. I thought the pulse rifles were cool the armor 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 file i thought the arm that is still my favorite like mi sci-fi military armor 
to this day is the the Colonial Marines armor. I think it's iconic. I think it's amazing. Um, I to to a lesser degree, I like the Starship Troopers armor as well. You know, um, but dude, I mean, it has everything, man. The APC is awesome looking. The dropship is awesome looking. The fucking Silaco is awesome looking. You know, I I run the uh, or used to run the uh, Sergeant Apone fan page on Facebook. The, there's like a few of them, but I had the more popular one. Um, it's kind of died after a while. But anyways, Apone was awesome. Everybody was awesome. Everything about that movie is awesome. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I, right? Like, what? It's fucking, it's a great movie, man. Like, like... It's, it's, a, it's a great movie. I, I, I love the reasons that you brought to the table of this being one of the memories for you there. Those are, those are so great. Like just that theater experience, um, the loving of the, the, the troops. Like I, I remember having a similar feeling like that was like the action sequence. Like it's, it's, they, you feel like they're going to win, right? Like when I'm watching that movie, I feel like they're going to, they're going to make it happen. I, you know, I, I don't even know if I had seen, alien before aliens i might i might be on the same page as you there because alien is a much more terrifying movie than aliens and i think i saw that one first but just the slow burn of that one right like nothing really happens for a long time in alien you get it no in aliens as well oh yeah 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 like you 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 get to know these marines right you get to you get to know how badass they are and you just feel like they can take on anything mm-hmm. and um yeah and then when you know shit goes awry um i i love them i was so sad when they all when they all get fucked up i i know and and, and, and like when I was a kid, like there, there, I have so many like little things about it, like like for example, me and my buddy Luke would um play uh, the old um, Aliens board game, and it wasn't really oh, a board. Shit. It was uh, a yeah. it was it was put out by a company uh, called uh, Le- Leading Edge Games. Um, I still have not it. Even, not even heard of this game. Uh, check it out. It came out like I think in probably '87. Um, wow. And what you do is uh, you have like little cardboard cutouts of, of all the Xenos, and then every Marine, and then they have like a little card with their their stats. You know, it's it's kind of rudimentary uh, compared to like more complicated games these days. But it's it's in the that vein of like Warhammer esque sort of thing. And you have a fold out map that has a top down view of the um, the reactor room, and you play the reactor room. And then they have a, it's got also on the map, the, um, the medic place and then, um, 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 the vents. Okay. And what they did was later on, like a year or two later, they actually put out little pewter figurines of each Marine that you could buy and paint and sort of replace the cardboard, you know, cutouts that you have. Um, I used to have a lot of them. I don't have the the pewter ones anymore, but I still have the game. And so me and my buddy Luke, we would play as, as all, you know, we'd play it. And then you know, even if you beat the reactor room with like, say, Apone was alive, you were supposed to like not use him for the med, med ops, you know, medic medic place. But like me and Luke would, we like whoever survived that the first part would make it like, so we'd make basically do our own sort of aliens thing. But right. it's because of that, that the game that I also could see all the, um, the Marines who they were like, like, um, Dietrich, you know, the female Dietrich, um, the, the medic, uh, you could also see like, where's Bowski? Whereas when I was a kid, I thought Michael Bean Hicks was yelling, where is 
Bowski. I didn't realize his name was Where's Bowski, and he's yelling Where's Bowski. And uh, oh, I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's, that's, this it, is it, news to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the 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 two of the Marines that you don't really ever see the most are Crow and Where's Bowski, and they both got blown up when uh, the the ammo bag got blown up. Okay, you know the one okay. that Frost was holding. Um, but yeah, dude, I can tell you. I can tell you most of the Marines' first names. I can tell you uh, what order they died in. I can tell you like like everything about them because I was just so enamored with this group of people uh, and these Marines and how cool they were. And to this day, my favorite movie trope like setup is that it is the alien setup where it's like we lost communication with this team out here. Now we're sending in this new team to go see what happens and then shit happens essentially. I love that. Yeah. We're sending in our best. Exactly. And our best is not good enough. Exactly. So dude, love I, I love that movie, man. I love that movie so, so much. I got a question for you. Did you ever play Alien Isolation? Um, I tried to. I do not like stealth games. I just want to shoot shit. And um, okay. I think it's a great game. It's one of those things where like, I know I should have played it. But man, after after hiding in a locker for like four minutes waiting for this thing to walk past me, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't have the patience for this game. Fair enough, fair enough. But it is amazing. Like, what I did play was amazing. I just know me, and I don't have the patience for it. But what they did, which was awesome, they actually, the team who made the game, uh, they took the cutscenes, made a couple more cutscenes, and actually just put it out as a, as a, as a movie. Um, so you can actually watch Alien oh, Isolation okay. as a movie. They teamed up with, I think, IGN or something, and you can just watch them. They put them out as individual episodes, and you can actually watch all of Alien Isolation as, like, a sort of movie-slash-TV show. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the big part of that game is actually playing it and sweating while you're in that locker, you know, worrying for your life. Um, I just wondered if you'd play that. It's uh, really, really, as an Alien fan, uh, this was one of the greatest things ever for me as an Alien fan to be able to, this is the closest that you're able to get to being in one of those situations. Yes. Where where you're, you're hiding You feel like you're hiding from an alien. You're worried about making sounds. You're worried about, you know, getting fucking killed by an alien. Yeah. Whereas I wanted to go in with my pulse rifle. You want to do Yeah, exactly. And shoot the shit out of it. So, uh, you know, conversely, I played the shit out of Colonial Marines, even though that game, you know, had its own issues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a DS game, right? That's no, no, no. The nope. Colonial, Colonial Marines, the one that um, Gearbox put out that uh, that Randy Pitchford uh, PS3, um, huge fucking. We'll talk about it offline. It's, yeah, it's I don't a, think I know about that one. I don't think oh my I, god, it's it's a huge story. Oh, it's it's, it's it's horrible. Oh, really? Yeah, the the guy who put out um, Borderlands Gearbox, they they put out uh, they teamed up with uh, oh. um, Sega, put out a Colonial Marines game that was um, that was basically a sequel to Aliens, um, and for like. A couple years, uh, this piece of shit shyster named Randy Pitchford that runs uh, Gearbox basically outsourced that entire game while he was telling everyone how much like he's such a huge Aliens fan and they're working so hard on it. And then the game comes out and it comes out to like ones and two, you know, like two out of ten, one out of ten reviews. It's a a huge piece of shit. It's a massive piece of shit. It's like it's it's 
epic in its 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 history where it lands as far as being pieces of shit goes and you just find out that he was like we were just working on borderlands 2 the whole time and we just outsourced uh, this whole game to a shitty oh, shit. ass company and it fucking sucks look up oh, look that's up, too bad yeah look up the um just look up the story on aliens colonial marines the video game uh you'll find something on youtube that'll explain everything it's insane what happened on that game is insane and it was the game i waited pretty much essentially my entire life for and it came out as like a one out of a 10 and yet oh, i still dude. fucking played it like twice all the way through because there's no and other it, fucking option you know what i mean did it suck or was it playable what do you, like as a true aliens fan like was it fun I mean, like, the thing is, like, so, like, it was fun in the fact that there was all kinds of cool shit. Like, you you were on another, like, ship and, you know, like, all kinds of, like, neat little Easter egg things. But then, like, what was sucked about it was the AI was terrible. Like, the aliens would just run straight at you as opposed to, like, doing some kind of, like, actual thought to it, you know. It was just, it was just bad. It just was unfinished, like, all around. But it was, it was functional, you know what I mean? Like, as as a thing, it was functional, but, like, the Alien Trilogy for the PS1 was a better game. Did you, yeah. did you ever play that? No, I didn't. Okay, that was, that was like, a first-person no. shooter um, for the for the okay. PS1 that was that was really good. Okay. Yeah, dude, huh. that sucked, man. It, uh, Colonial Marines fucking sucked, but I played it. Just like I played, um, you know, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. That game fucking sucked, too, but, like, w- when was I ever going to play a video game as, as Boba Fett or Jenga yeah. Fett? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, right. so again, right. again, Bounty Hunter was, like, another game that got, like, twos, you know, twos out of tens, you know, and yet I fucking, I've played that game, like, three times, and it sucks. <laughs> we do what we got to do, right? We do what we got to do, man. <laughs> All right, so... Listen, here's my number five. <laughs> Corey, two hours before we podcasted today, I got rid of my number five and got a new number five because I had forgotten about something. And just right before the podcast, something popped into my head and I was like, oh shit, this this is a earlier memory than this other one. So I had some last minute like last minute penciling down of some notes here but at the last minute what made it into my list was 1978's superman Ooh, hello oh man i had forgotten i had forgotten all about this movie because i probably haven't seen it since i was i probably saw it a few times when i was like under the age of 10 but then never again because it's probably not a good movie but as a young kid, I mean, I was probably seven, seven, maybe seven, let's say seven at this time. But this is kind of one of these, for me, it was probably the first superhero movie I ever saw. This first movie with this larger than life character on our planet. Like we were talking about Star Wars before. This is happening in a different galaxy. But on our planet, on Earth, we've got this superhuman who's doing superhuman things the effects were really good for the time and believable for little Tim. And just to see the things that were happening, this guy flying, this guy lifting up cars, all this stuff that's happening. This was a great memory for me. This, I watched it, you know, several times, didn't really understand the story or what was, what was going on. I just loved the superhero aspect of it, that this, this guy flying and and all this shit. And you got some really good actors in this actors and actresses in this movie, right? Which helps, you know, you don't really know that it helps at the time, but it, but it does. And I think what was really captivating as well for me at the time was 
Lex Luthor. It's like you've got this, you've got Superman, but his main competition in this movie is just a human, right? Just a human who's got a plan. And I remember, I definitely remember Lex Luthor and not really understanding why Superman can't just go and beat this guy, just fly into wherever this guy is, punch him in the face and have this all be over with. So there are a lot of like interesting things going on in this, but I had completely forgotten about this one until right before the podcast. And I had to, I had to get it in here. I wanted to get this one in. Nice. Uh, Superman's a good movie, but not one that I particularly care for, to be truthful with you. I've never been a big Superman guy growing up. I actually kind of like Superman stories more now than I did when I was a kid. Um, like the all-star Superman, you guys did a fantastic episode. I will sing the praises of that fucking episode <laughs> till the day I die. But that that was the episode that made me fall in love with your, your podcast. And, oh, appreciate um, it. Oh my God, you guys did a great job on that one. But like, that stuff like that. And in and, and like what you said with Lex Luthor, I love as I got older, I love Lex Luthor more. I should say I love it when he's written right, you know, because I love the fact that yeah, Superman's the most powerful person on the planet. So who is his opposite is gotta be the smartest person on the planet. And I hate it when Superman is super smart, super everything, you know, like like the the, the pre him dying, you know, the, the pre him getting depowered uh back in the day when he just was super everything. And I'm like, come on. He even had a super sense of humor. Um but <laughs> like I never really gravitated towards the Superman movie. And I know people love Superman 2 a lot. I actually don't really like Superman 2 that much. He he does weird shit in that, like takes his the S off of his chest and throws it and it becomes like a giant saran wrap, uh, you know. Like they do really weird fucking shit in that movie that I just don't. Like I, I love it as a kid, but I don't, I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't love it now. Like they're yeah. probably awful right now, but as a kid, I mean Superman 2 as a kid just that did it for me. That was one of my favorites. Now Superman 1, earlier memory for me. Yeah. But I think in Superman 1, they foreshadow Superman 2 because in Superman 1, they lock up Zod and the other couple of people at the beginning of Superman 1, I think. And then Superman 2, they escape. And I think that's what I was looking for more in a Superman movie is Superman fighting superheroes, which, you know. But but I mean I I know what you're saying. It's like these movies they were not great, right? Yeah, they were they were really they were kind of weird and everything. Yeah, but but a lot of people hold them in very high nostalgic regard, and they were very well made movies. You know, I mean, freaking John Williams score. You know, like I mean, you, you got uh, Richard Donner directing. I mean, it's it's high level right here. Uh, Christopher Reeves, absolutely fantastic, and he will always be Superman. You know, he he's an amazing Definitely. Superman. Um, it's just like like even when you as I get older, I really appreciate more what Christopher Reeves brought to that role than I did when I was younger. Like his subtle changes and his demeanor and everything. It's almost kind of made me think more nowadays. It makes me think more of uh, all-star Superman where how he talks about how he moves his mask. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like it kind of slouches. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I love that, man. I love all of that. But like it, when you saying all this kind of makes me think that I totally pulled a, a, a boner and did not include 1989 Batman on my list because I absolutely remember seeing that in the theater with my dad. I remember we were like, we were in the front row. I think I think my dad underestimated how popular the theater was going to be. So we mm. saw that movie in the front row, which I don't tend to love. But at the time, it, 
blew me away. And then that summer, like I was, I mean, inundated with, with Batman, everything. It was insane. Um, but that, that was when I sort of gravitated towards superhero movies. Uh, it wasn't so much Superman. It was more Batman, you know, but Superman is a good fucking movie, but it's just, I don't, I just, I just don't think it's my kind of movie, you know? Yeah. You know what? It's not my kind of movie either. But, but it was important at the time. It was it was just it's one of the memories. It's yeah. the memory. Yeah. I remember this one. I remember watching this one lots of times. We must have rented it over and over again. And there was something about it that I loved. And I, I think it's the superhero. The this was the first superhero movie for me. Now, before this, I remember reading Incredible Hulk comic books before this, but I don't at all and also watching the Incredible Hulk show. I don't know if you um, uh, my my saw only that one. my only memory of that show is the opening scared me when his face turned to like a skeleton and uh, I couldn't watch it because I was too scared of it. Okay, so that's another one that we watched as kids. We that was like a show we sat down to watch and I loved it. Um, so that was the Incredible Hulk was my first superhero. So to then see like a blockbuster movie with this larger than life superhero, it just it's so captivating mm-hmm. as a child. So. That's why it made my list, and I'm happy that old Tim's memory was able to pull it out <laughs> two hours before the podcast <laughs> to squeeze it in here. I, I gotta ask, what did it eke out? Like, what did what got knocked off the list for it? Okay, what got knocked out was a movie called The Castaway Cowboy. Now, you've probably never heard of this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is a Walt Disney movie from uh, 1974. That makes fucking sense right there. <laughs> we have uh, our cousins live on a farm about uh, half an hour away from us. And as children, we'd go out to the farm for probably a full week or two weeks each summer. And they only had a couple of VHS tapes out there, but this was one of them. And it's just your classic like Disney story. It's just like good feeling movie. It's shot in Hawaii, so it looks beautiful. But it's the story of this guy who kind of gets thrown off of this boat, washes up on the shores of Hawaii to a farm with like a, a widow and her son. And they have this large farming property. The The evil banker trope characters trying to like push them out so he can get the land and make a bunch of money. And then this, this kind of hero washes up on shore and sees what they have and wants to help them and wants to help them like turn their farm around so they don't have to sell. And it's just like hilarity ensues. You've got um, these uh, farm hands who don't know what they're doing, but now all of a sudden have to learn how to wrangle um, cattle. And it, it's just, it's, a really, really feel-good movie. After some of the movies that I've just thrown out, some of the terrifying stories I've brought to this podcast, sorry, <laughs> it's actually nice that I can settle on a Disney movie here. Well, that was a lot of fun. I think I, I could watch it now, and I think I would still like it. It's just it's it's a it's a good good Disney movie. I mean, and it's got a great cast. I'm looking at it right now. It's got James Garner in it. It's got Robert Culp in it. It's got freaking Vera Miles in it. So I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, 
you know, yeah, I, I laugh only because, yeah, those early Disney, you know, Swiss Fam and Robinson type of stuff, they're just, they're nothing compared to, like, what Disney movies, live-action Disney movies are now, you know? Uh, I just yeah. thought it was funny, because I just remember the old Benji movies. Remember those? Like, the little dog yep. and the cat yep. from outer space and all these fucking movies that, that like... I would go to my grandfather's house and he'd, he'd think I would want to rent that. And then I would rent, you know, something, something horrible. Um, but then, but occasionally I would get Tron, you know, like out of it, you know, so, of the Disney stuff. But, um, but yeah, dude, all those, I mean, Swiss, Swiss family Robinson was great. All the 20,000 leagues under the sea, all those old Disney movies, some of them, they were, they were kind of cheesy and silly, but they were well-made and they were good movies. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I prefer those old disney movies to the newer disney movies are you referring now, to like the live action lion king or something yes yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah. uh yeah i'm not referring to obviously like star wars yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which or, or obviously a lot of stuff or every anything else that fucking disney owns <laughs> yeah that's right but yeah like um that movie i don't know if you've seen snowball express have you ever seen that movie no uh-uh. ah it's a fucking great disney movie like you will watch it now you will love it it's a fantastic movie like it's they had a formula back then and the formula worked and these movies are they're just they're timeless yeah i think the word is timeless well because the stories that they're telling usually is it's kind of and i don't mean it to be a negative thing but kind of a simple you know story you know who the good guys are you know who the bad guys are and it's it's it doesn't have to be just for kids like that like a morality tale is good for all ages you know yeah definitely definitely and they don't yeah you're right it's like story driven right like they're not relying on effects or this and that it's like here's your characters, the good guys, the bad guys, here's your story. This needs to happen. Like something has gone wrong. Um, some people are in trouble. They need to do something to like get out of it. And then that's all. And then you've, you just have like funny conversations and funny interactions. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Great. You know that the good guy is going to win at the end of one of these live action Disney movies. It just, it's always going to happen. And there's something comforting in that. And I do want to backpedal, excuse me. <clears throat> I do want to backpedal real quick uh, and just say about Superman, you know, the one thing that the, the new movies did not get right with like the Zack Snyder stuff and everything. I actually think Henry Cavill is a good Superman, but his costume being as dark as it is, he's just not the bright beacon of hope that he, he's Superman supposed to be. And that was one thing that of all the things I don't like about the original Superman movie, I think they get Superman completely correct in the fact that he is this hope, just hope personified, just goodness personified. He doesn't need to be dark. He's bright and colorful to give people this, this beacon to look to. I hate it when they make Superman dark. Superman is not dark. He's not supposed to be dark. He's not, he's, you're supposed to look up to him and be like, that's what I'm trying to, to achieve. And that's what I'm trying to, to get to. Although if you ask, if you ask Lex Luthor, he'll say that Superman represents everything that we cannot achieve. And that is why he hates uh, Superman, which I love that take on it. I, I remember reading uh, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel. That miniseries is one of the best Lex Luthers I've ever read in my entire life. And, and, and he is in that, like he's the main character of that book. And every time you see Superman in that book, you see it from Lex Luthor's point of view. Superman's always like floating there. You don't see his face. It's like all in shadows. And you only 
only ever see his red eyes because they make you, mm. they show you what Superman looks like from Lex Luthor's point of view. But he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't hate Superman because, um, because he does anything. He hates Superman because he stunts our growth as a society because we can never be what he is. So why even bother trying? And that was like, wow, that blew my mind when I, when I read that. Yeah. I want to read that. I know you've talked about that before. Yeah, I think you would dig that. I, yeah, I think that would be right up your alley, especially uh, I know that you guys I, I know that you liked Lex Luthor's character in uh, All Star Superman, and he's kind of in that vein. I think you would definitely dig uh, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel. Very cool. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we I think we did it. <laughs> I think we did. I knew that this was going to be a long one. I'm actually a little uh, surprised that we made it under two hours. But uh... <laughs> oh, really? I thought we could knock this out in 45 minutes. I was like, yeah, this is going to be real short. And uh, it wasn't. But I love it. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm I did glad too, it, man. I'm glad it went this long. The longer uh, it goes, it's just it, it means we had more like great stuff to talk about and great conversations. So, dude, I love I love talking awesome. to you, man. Awesome, awesome. I, lo- I love talking to to you and Dean both. I think it's so much fun. Um, I I I just want to keep doing this. I want to keep uh, co- cohabitating our podcasts and everything. And because we're just, I love it, man. We're all we're all trying to do the same thing, and we're all fun, cool people, man. It's it's really fun. I really really like it. And I mean, freaking, we became friends because of this. Like we didn't know each other before, like podcasting and shit. And you're my fucking friend now. This is fucking awesome. I know, man. You, I know. you and Dean, like, it's great. <laughs> we, met, we met on Instagram like a few months ago, and like we're, I just feel like we're the same person. I, I love it. It's just amazing. Sensed it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so Corey, Corey, please plug uh, some of your stuff. We plugged it already, but please plug it again. Yeah, you guys, uh, you can find me on podcasting after dark, talking about cult movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with my buddy Zach. You can also find me on on ongoing comic book discussion podcast with our buddy Tess talking about comic books and uh, Tim's been on there and uh, we've talked with Dean and all kinds of stuff that wait the wake episode that was for you guys though wasn't it that was uh, that was that was us yeah 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 I'm it's, yeah. it's so funny I'm like was that us or was that you all <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me there and then on Cartwright uh Seinfeld podcast and talking about Seinfeld with our buddy Adam every every week Tim, awesome. Tim, where Corey. can we find yes. you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me <laughs> at uh, at Talkback Pod on almost uh, all the social medias that we like to attend. We're most prevalent on Instagram. We really love the Instagram community. We're doing you know daily posts, and we like to engage with people. Uh, we get lots of questions, and we like to you know share answers and and share some cool stuff on there. And yeah, we've got our podcast that you're listening to right now. So you know that we drop every Monday and we hope that we're doing things that you guys like and feel free to reach out to anybody out there, any of our audience, if you have any suggestions or you want to, you want us to talk about certain content or, or anything, any ideas you have, please share it with us. We're happy to hear. We're happy to get feedback. And uh, if you like what we're doing, then please Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, That helps other people find us. That is only going to do good things for our podcast. It will help us just be more available for everybody. Gives us an opportunity to grow and to grow our audience. So please do that if you um, have a minute. And Corey, thank you again, sir. 
Yeah, Holly, this, you're... Is, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> this is great. I, and real quick, I just want to plug your uh, Instagram uh, talk. T- uh, your talk back. It, well, it's it's talking we're, back, we're but at, yeah, the... at, at talk back pod. Yeah, yeah on, um, on, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, you have the best designed stories that I've ever seen, and I can't even <laughs> compete with that. I love your Instagram stories. Every time I see them, I'm like, God damn it! Why it looks so goddamn good? Why can't I get mine to look that good? And I've tried i've tinkered and i got bored and I'm like, ah, i can't i just can't do tim's uh tim's awesome story so guys and gals please 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 i, I know you already follow tim's uh talking uh, talk back pod jesus christ well uh at talk back pod yeah, they get it? it. Yeah, they, they, it. they got it. I'm sorry. It's, it. it's, 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 it's stu- all good. stupid Instagram, but uh, <laughs> make sure you check out the stories because their stories are fucking bomb. Appreciate <laughs> that was, it. That was the worst plug ever, buddy. <laughs> no way, man. No way. There is no worst plug. <laughs> Listen, I have a background in graphic design, so that stuff comes second nature. Feel free to copy it. Just do exactly what I do if you <laughs> no, like it. I tried. I can't, uh, dude. Sh- you got this. It's all, it's all you. I can't even imitate it, man. It's too fucking good, bro. <laughs> oh, Corey. Oh, man. All right, buddy. I can't wait to do this again, my friend. <laughs> all right. Me too. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.